This week, we talk about Mike Vick's brain and what you can expect from Nick Foles going forward. We're going to discuss Carson Palmer and his surprising fantasy relevance this year. Uh, we'll talk about C.J. Spiller in the coming weeks. Make sure you have him. And Danny Amendola's bionic collarbone. And then we'll make some crazy bold predictions this week. It was all worth the wait. So without further ado... AJ, how is Chicago going? Jimmy, Chicago is cold, but it's great. I really like the city. Uh, sorry I didn't get up with you last week for a podcast. We were doing training in Atlanta. As you know, I started a new job, which I'm excited about, but I've been in a lot of training. So Atlanta was really good. We had no free time. Chicago, I'm forcing. It's you know 10 o'clock here. It's 11 o'clock there, so we're forcing it in, but uh, we're going to make it happen. Worthwhile. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. But, you know. No, I am all for it. Me, so let's. Nothing can keep me talking fantasy. Well, that's true, except for training and work Schmidt. But. Work Schmidt! Work Schmidt is work the Schmidt. most ridiculous. Work Schmidt. You know what? I've had to stop with the work Schmidt. I'm starting to feel bad. This is the kind of guy I feel like is Googling everybody for their Twitter handle. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if if I like if I looked up his name and he was like tweeting at me about me or something like that, I started to feel bad the other day because I'm seeing him every day in training and I'm just like I'm giving this guy a bad rap. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, go to my Twitter, QuickDraw33, and uh, you'll see the you'll see the glory of Workschmidt. Of Workschmidt. Um. So someone not called Workschmidt by anybody. Uh, his name is Michael yeah. Vick, um, yeah, and we've yeah. been out of this for a couple weeks, so we kind of missed last week the speculation that he was going to be benched. Um, you know, Andy Reid gave him the vote of confidence. Oh, we're going to stick with him. He's our guy. Um, but then he got uh, then he got a little hurt, a little concussion action. Yeah, um, drove him out of the game and pulled Nick Foles into the game. So let's kind of let's kick off there. What? How do you feel about Mike Vick, AJ? So, um, obviously, the threatening to be benched. Not really threatening. I think that was a media thing that he was threatening to be benched. But I think they were right. He was probably headed that direction. But, yeah, he got a, he got a nice concussion against Dallas. They put Nick Foles in. And we also got to see kind of how bad Nick Foles is. And maybe I don't know if he's bad or if he's just inexperienced. And he was probably unprepared for that game. But. Sure. You know, I, I was playing against the Dallas defense who <laughs> hadn't scored a touchdown all year, hadn't done anything of significance all year, and Nick Foles comes in. He threw about six interceptions. I think only one was caught by that defense. But, you know, they had a, I think they had an interception return for a touchdown. Then late and towards the end of the game, they had a sack fumble. Sack fumble in the end zone, which is your worst nightmare. That's nine points right there. Um, yeah. But yeah, Nick Foles is coming in, and I think what we'll see is he'll probably take over that position for at least a couple of weeks. And if he has any success, I think you're kissing Mike Vick's uh, starting job goodbye. I I agree with that, and I think that uh, you know Nick Foles is kind of a darling in the in the preseason, um, to where some people kind of right. thought that it was possible that Mike Vick could get benched a little bit sooner in light of Nick Foles. A little bit of Colt Brennan. <laughs> uh, Colt Brennan, I would I would say personally, but um, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Um, 
you know, if you look, Mike Vick left the game with nine and a half points in fantasy. Nick Foles came in, had about eight and a half. Um, <clears throat> puts them combined. Sorry, I'm a little froggy right now. Puts them combined at about 18 points, mm -hmm. which is actually right about where Mike Vick's been averaging all season. Um, his two weeks right. that were right around That's 18, right. 19 points. So I think that if you bring in Nick Foles, they may rally behind him. Um, they're going to simplify the offense for him. He may do points. Don't pick him up in fantasy, but I think what's going to happen is that Nick Foles is going to prove to them why they don't need Mike Vick going forward. So I think if you're looking at Mike Vick as a keeper, maybe someone you drafted late a couple years ago and have been able to keep or maybe even didn't take him, you know, took him a little bit later this year, we're thinking could he be kept. I don't think he's a keeper because I think he's going to be struggling to find a team next year. Yeah, I think you're right. And, uh, it would be really funny to see him end up in somewhere like Cleveland or something like that. How how weird would that be? Of course, well, I'm not sure Mike Vick in the dog pound is a great idea. But that's <laughs> so a guy. So obviously in our league, I'm a Mike Vick owner, um, fortunately. But you know, I, I had to make a trade, and he was a part of it. Um, a guy that I would much rather have, and I was fortunate enough to scoop off waivers, and I think is a really underrated quarterback. Right now in fantasy, I picked up Carson Palmer. Um, I'm actually comfortable going forward with Carson Palmer. Palmer, a guy that's just behind uh, Matt Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, and Josh Freeman in terms of fantasy quarterback scoring, which is pretty good because those guys are, let's see, those guys are 7, 8, and 9 respectively. So Carson Palmer, actually a top 10 quarterback in our league. Yeah. Our scoring is slightly different. But, you know, obviously I'm not going to have Vic around. Carson Palmer I'm feeling pretty good about. As a Daenerys Moore owner, what can you tell us about your insight to Oakland? Um, so he does have a good target in Daenerys Moore, but Carson Palmer has been um, – I mean, he's not flashy, but he's been a good quarterback this year. I mean, if you look at his averages, it's probably above Mike Vick. I'm not looking directly at the averages. It's probably above Mike Vick. Last three weeks, it's been 17, 36 points against Tampa Bay, uh, which they lost, and then 22 against Baltimore. And Baltimore's, <clears throat> Baltimore's like pretty good against the pass. I think uh, Yahoo is telling me that they're like 30th. They allow the 30th most points from quarterbacks. So for Carson Palmer to have 22, almost 23 points against them, <clears throat> it's pretty impressive. Uh, I, I don't like USC quarterbacks. I'm not a Carson Palmer lover. Oh. Um, he will turn the ball over some. He's got three fumbles on okay. the interceptions. But, uh, you know, I, I do think Carson Palmer is a fantasy option, especially if you had a guy like Mike Vick um, who's kind of like falling off and is hurt. Or if you had a guy like Ben Roethlisberger even who, you know, is going to be out for a significant time now. Um, if you were riding on those guys, Carson Palmer is a yeah. just fine replacement. Yeah. By all means, he is, he is very safe and, and uh, sensible to put in there. Yeah, so my thing with Carson Palmer is um, without Darren McFadden there, I think, uh, and even with him there, but I think especially in recent weeks, they've relied a lot more on the pass. So two weeks ago against Tampa Bay, he had over 400 yards passing. Last week he had 368 against Baltimore. He's got the New Orleans Saints uh, this week, which is, again, one of the 31st or 32nd ranked pass defenses in the league. Um, I'm going to start him this week against you, so we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's Carson Palmer. You're definitely looking at at least one interception a game. You're hoping he doesn't fumble. But, you know, 
I think now without Darren McFadden, without the heavy reliance on the run game, Mike Goodson is also out. So it's Marcel Reese and Taiwan Jones, and those guys, you know, are not workhorse bell cow back. So um, sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna push forward with Carson Palmer and Ryan Fitzpatrick and kind of mix and match, patch and play, and see what I can do. But sure enough, I think I feel okay about that. I think I feel okay about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you're looking at it like you've got, like you mentioned, New Orleans this weekend just allowed 411 yards to Matt Ryan, um, best game of his career. Uh, you know, right. if you look at future schedules. You got Cincinnati, who hasn't been great against the past. Cleveland, who's been okay. Uh, Denver's okay. Kansas City's really bad. And you're talking Kansas City in the fantasy playoffs. So, like, yeah, you've got some really good options there. And he's had his bye. Like, you could probably ride Carson Palmer for the rest of the year and be okay. Uh, I think that's, like, a safe place to be. If you make it to a fantasy championship that plays in week 16, he's at Carolina, who also is very bad against the pass. So Carson Palmer could be a quarterback that takes you far in your fantasy league this year uh, if you're thinking about um, thinking about that kind of thing. And I don't think he's, again, I'm going to start talking more about keeper values we get towards the end because I think sure. just, I think that's important going forward for those types of leagues and we're in one, so yeah. care about me. Um but I think Carson Palmer is not a great keeper per se because I think you can get him late again next year. He's been really under the radar. Um, but for the rest of this year, I think we've talked before that you need a quarterback to make it to the, you know, you have to have a quarterback to get to the uh, championship and to win championships. Absolutely. Uh, far in the playoffs. And Carson Palmer, I think, is a guy that could, you could ride pretty far. I totally agree. And an underrated guy on his team, and I mentioned him because uh, he's on your team, is Denarius Moore. And I think, yeah. you know, I've never liked Oakland wide receivers. I never even look at them. I never pay any attention to them because I just never liked the organization. Obviously, I didn't like Palmer and Jamarcus and all those guys before him and Jason Campbell when he was there. But um, but I pulled up Denarius Moore's stats. This guy's got five touchdowns in eight games, so that's only three games that he hasn't scored. He's not. He's not. You know of of a volume catch player where he's going to get eight to ten balls. He's going to catch, you know, four or five passes, mm-hmm. but he's going to have about at least a 25-yard catch. And he's he's a guy that is going to catch a ball in the end zone or find his way into the end zone. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking at our matchup for, for this week, and, you know, when I like to compare the players across, and I was looking, you know, I got Carson Palmer, you got Matt Ryan. I'm thinking, well, that's a win for you. You know, it's Matt Ryan, I'm just hope, hoping that Palmer can hang. Sure. And I looked at Demarius Thomas and De- Denarius Moore, and I thought, oh, well, that's a big win for me. But then I looked, and I said, well, let me look and see what Denarius Moore has done lately. And in our league, this guy's double digits almost every week. 17 last week, yeah. 18 two weeks before, 18 in week six, you know, 13 in week three, and the other weeks he's been right around eight or nine or 11. And... uh He's a for a guy that I think nobody is talking about. He's a really reliable, at minimum, wide receiver too. Yeah. Um, especially in a PPR league where you just get a little bit of extra value there. Um, and I think for you, a sneaky pickup um, and, and a and a sneaky play week to week. Yeah. So he was injured at the beginning of the season too, and and had to fight through that, which I think is why he fell a little bit um, in right. drafts. And I was able to snag him, and he's been. Since he came back from that injury, you know, stashed him for a week or two since he came back from that injury, uh, he's been a solid player for me week in and week out, someone that I won't bench. I mean, he's not a guy that I've ever considered benching um, Absolutely. for other people. I mean, like Stevie Johnson's on my team. I've considered benching him, but not Denarius Moore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely all about him. 
you know, and I think he increases Carson Palmer's value. And then you've got the speedster Darius Hayward Bay on the other side, who's not as productive right. fantasy wise, but definitely can clear out a defense a little bit and allow you know Carson Palmer to get some of the intermediate and short throws that he likes a lot um, going. So yeah, absolutely, uh, Carson Palmer a good ride for the rest of the year. So. I think that's right. And a guy that I'm really excited about this week, I mean, I've been excited about him all year, but I'm really excited about him this week. He's playing on Thursday night, C.J. Spiller. We spent a lot of time in our first couple podcasts talking about the Bills' backfield situation because yeah. I've been enamored with it. Obviously, C.J. Spiller's been on my team. Fred Jackson, uh, heavily concussed, it sounds like. He's obviously out for Thursday. Chan Gailey saying C.J. Spiller's in line for 20 to 30 touches. I mean, at the risk of jinxing him, I'm really excited about his potential to go, uh, I guess, we'll just say Thursday night. I'm not sure when this podcast will air, but um, I'm excited about him. Obviously, my expectations are very high. That usually sets myself up for disappointment. <laughs> but he's the playmaker in the league. He's averaging 7.6 yards per carry. Uh, you know, and, and the Bills, they just need a reason to give him the ball more. Fred Jackson being out seems to be the only reason that they'll accept to give him the ball more. So I'm really looking forward to him this week. Yeah, that's true. And and one thing you have to watch this week is uh, Miami actually has a decently stout run defense. Um, so they're not yeah. going to have a lot of on-the-ground rushes. And C.J. Spiller is definitely not a volume guy. Like 20, 30 touches, that's not just going to include on-the-ground stuff, um, I think is important to right. note. So uh, One place that he really excels, while he does have 7.3 yards per carry, He's kind of in and out. He had a couple of big games, um, but that's not a lot of carries either. His volume, is, his stuff has really been all about his, uh, you know, all about those home runs uh, and, the big, and the big plays. But he's also a decent pass catcher out of the backfield, and I think that's where he's going to excel against Miami this week um, if he excels. So he's been in double digits even with Fred Jackson in there, um, you know, 13, 13, 15 even with Fred Jackson in the lineup. So you're taking Fred Jackson away and making him the you know the workhorse back there. Now, C.J. Spiller has some injury stuff himself, and can he handle that kind of load? And I honestly think that he's going to be fine while Fred Jackson's out um, and is going to be able to carry through. So I think I, I do see some big things from C.J. Spiller uh, over the next couple of weeks, especially given, you know, I'm always going to look at matchups, Miami and Indy, and then Jacksonville. So the next three weeks, he's definitely got some uh, winnable matchups, despite yeah. those defenses being okay. Um, you know, Miami is listed as 26th most fantasy points against running back. So, again, stout running back defense, but he's going to catch passes. It'll be good. I agree that Miami defense is good against the run, although they just gave up 100 yards to Chris Johnson last week. First time they've done that in something like 22 games or something crazy like that. And they're coming on a short week. So I'm hoping for a tired defense that just gave up a lot on the ground, might be tired, and will give up a lot more. Interesting fact, though, Denarius Moore, who we just talked about, only has six more catches on the year than C.J. Spiller. So C.J. Spiller has a lot of value out of the backfield. And when I'm watching my stat tracker each week, I always notice there's like one catch to C.J. Spiller that's like for 20 or 25 yards. So he's just so explosive and so dynamic. That extra half point or extra point if you're in PPR for a guy like C.J. Spiller really, really, really adds up. Because, again, he's catching about as many balls as a guy like Denarius Moore is on, on the season. So that's right. I yeah. think that, that boosts him a lot. Yeah, and part of that's been like third down back spelling Fred Jackson. Right. Fred Jackson's over 30, so trying to spell him some. Um, but, no, I think that they're not going to get away from that. And I honestly think Miami's going to put up some points against them this week. Um, you know, so I, I think that – 
it's a safe bet that they're going to have to play from behind and probably have some catching. Make Stevie Johnson valuable, not Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's prone to uh, mistakes, though Miami's secondary is really banged up, and they put their best corner on IR. So, um, you know, definitely something to watch. I think C.J. Spiller is going to have a big rest of the year, uh, especially from a fantasy perspective. I agree. Here's a guy. Um, is Danny Amendola a bionic man? Is he, like, in the same category as Adrian Peterson and just that, like, this dude comes out off a broken clavicle and doesn't miss a beat. He gets hit with a horse-collar tackle. I mean, that's where he got hurt. This guy's got no quit in him, man. You that's scooped true. him up again, and I think that was a really smart play on your part because you were hurting at wide receiver, and you picked him up while he was hurt and waited, and he came back, man, had 15 points last week, and that's with an 80-yard touchdown uh, being called back. So yeah. this dude, I mean, he's incredible. Yeah. So, you know, Danny Amendola, uh, you know, I don't usually like to listen to fantasy experts, so don't listen to what I have to say. Um, but <laughs> a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, a couple fantasy people tweeted uh, that Danny, Danny Amendola was kind of kind of a sneaky pickup and stash. Um, and I looked at looked at everything, and I had like remember it. Well, I remember back to our fantasy draft when I drafted Brian Quick. Uh, yeah. The person immediately after me said, "You didn't want to draft the guy in front of him, Danny Amendola," and I said, "Ah, crap." So right. <laughs> I was glad to be able to get him on the backside when he was hurt um, and just kind of stash him for a couple weeks. I wasn't using that roster spot anyway. Um, and then he comes back and has 15 on my bench because he was coming off injury, so I wasn't sure. sure. Uh, but sure. it was also 15 fantasy points, uh, you know, a great game against San Francisco, who was a really good team uh, and good against the pass as well. So San Francisco, uh, he did really well against them. They go up against the Jets this week. Uh, but other than that, then it's, let's see, so it's the Jets, then Arizona, San Francisco. I mean, they've got some tough teams on their on their schedule, but I think if there's any guy that can get past tough teams, it's going to be Danny Amendola because that team is sneaky, uh, and he's a sneaky player with, like you said, no quit in him. Um, so really love Danny Amendola for the rest of the year. Glad I was able to snag him. He, I doubt he's still out there after last week, but I managed to pick him up in four out of four leagues, so I literally have him everywhere now. That's smart. Because that sneaky thing, that sneaky pickup. Yeah. Um, the guy had, he had 11 catches for 100 yards this week. Mm-hmm. 11 catches for 100 yards, and that's with that 80-yard catch being called back. So, right. And that's against San Francisco. I mean, I think he's got a lot to prove. Um, so if he shouldn't be available in, in your league, but if he is... I mean, that's obviously, and again, we're maybe a week or two late just because we missed the podcast last week. But I would expect that we'd give, be giving the same fantasy advice a week later. Absolutely. Uh, um, so pretend this is last week and we're telling you to go get Danny Amendola right now. That's right. And one one thing that uh, people don't realize is it's not he's not stellar or like he doesn't have usually spectacular numbers in this area. He's also a punt returner and kick returner. So there's that like, added added bonus if you have individual kick return touchdowns. Um, Absolutely. Uh, if you're in a weird league that counts kick return yards and punt yards, punt return yards, um, get out of that league because it's stupid. But um, yeah, but definitely he's got he could always break one for a touchdown there too. So that's just you you don't count on that. But that's one of those weird fluky things that could win you a week. So keep that in mind too that he's their guy that does it. Um, totally. Hey, so Jimmy, as a, as a Steelers fan, Big Ben obviously shoulder injury or something uh, seems pretty significant. He's, again, obviously out this week, but you already knew that. Um, he's out this week, probably going to be missing a few more. Um, 
impact on the team, impact on guys like Mike Wallace and Emmanuel Sanders. Antonio Brown's coming off that high ankle sprain. I doubt we see him this week again. But from your perspective, impact on the Steelers and the fantasy guys um, with with your favorite. I know you love Byron Leftwich getting under center. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that was actually a true statement compared to some of our other backup quarterbacks in the past. Um, I will say this that I have I floated the idea to some people I was talking to this week that the Steelers should consider benching all of their starters this weekend and just taking it as a loss. Uh, I'm not really joking. I I think like, so I don't think you can completely jump ship on the Steelers. I think you can drop, you can look away from most of their running backs, don't drop them, but you can look away from most of their running backs. Don't even think about picking up Byron Leftwich or Charlie Batch. Uh, I think a guy that could potentially have some value still is Mike Wallace. Uh, We saw a couple weeks ago, not this past week, the week before, that he took a quick slant and took 51 yards for a touchdown. And I think that's the kind of thing we're going to see from someone like Mike Wallace. Uh, if Antonio Brown was there, I'd say he still got some value in the short screen game, but not right. with Leftwich under center. I honestly think that's going to be a short-lived thing, and we're going to see Charlie Batch in a week or two. Um, Charlie Batch is going to get you more short stuff with the occasional deep ball, and Mike Wallace and Charlie Batch work really well together. So I actually think that you could still see some value from Mike Wallace when Antonio Brown comes back some, and probably a little bit less than Mike Wallace. And I think Emmanuel Sanders, until Antonio Brown comes back, uh, is is lower. I think there's a lot of guys out there that you could get that you'd like better than him, honestly. like I think there's some Titans wide receivers even that you could pick up above him. Um, you know, like a Kendall Wright, maybe some young guys that are a little bit less proven. Um, I just I think it really hurts the value of everybody on the team, especially with – Teams are going to key to try to stop the run, too. So the running backs become less valuable. Byron Leverett yeah. is delivering the ball as well. I think once Charlie Batch comes in, everybody gets a little boost. But that's not going to be this week. So I think this week you kind of have to consider uh, everyone but Mike Wallace I would bench from the Steelers. Okay, so let's do um, let's do this. You've Let's say you've got Mike Wallace on your team and you've got some of these other guys. Uh, give me kind of a sit-start of 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 guys. So you've got Mike Wallace. Do you sit or start him over? Let's start with Denarius Moore. I, uh, if it's between the two, I'd probably start Denarius Moore. Wallace just hasn't been consistent this year. Denarius Moore has been way more consistent. And I think with the matchup, Denarius Moore is going against the Saints. That defense is going to give up a bunch. Baltimore is going to play really tough on, uh, on Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Mike Wallace or Dwayne Bowe? Uh, that's a great question. Do you, uh, uh, Dwayne Bowe's not even top 25 in our league. Um, he's 27. Dwayne Bowe plays against Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, with Matt Castle back, Dwayne Bowe's value goes back up. I'm probably starting Dwayne Bowe over Mike Wallace. Wallace. Though, I mean, Dwayne Bowe's numbers have been bad the past few weeks. But Cincinnati's 20th most fantasy points to wide receivers. It's not great, but I – Think given the scenario, I'm going Dwayne Bow over Mike Wallace this week. All right, uh, I would. I think I might agree with that. I think I might agree. It'd be close, but again, left which I don't think I would leave much chance there. Uh, Mike Wallace or Des Bryant? Des Bryant going against Cleveland. Look, I guess the question to ask is: Is Des Bryant even going to play a full game? Uh, he's been injured on and off. I think he will play. Um, probably Des Bryant, Cleveland. You'd think Dallas will get up and start running the ball in that game, but it's Dallas, so Lord only knows. 
Um, so I'd probably go Des Bryant there again just because he's got explosive play in him. Um, maybe a little bit more upside given the quarterback situation. Rome, I mean, Romo's better than Byron Leftwich. I hate Romo, but he's better than Byron Leftwich. So I agree. I'm that not just on quarterback alone. Two more quick ones: Mike Wallace or Stevie Johnson. Stevie Johnson. Uh, again, Miami secondary is banged up. Mike Wallace or um, what did I do here? Mike Wallace or Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson going against Washington secondary, but with Nick Foles. Yeah, um, that's a good. That's a. That's probably the toughest one out of all of them, um, for me. Uh, just because Deshaun Jackson's like such even more up and down than most players. Um, I'm probably going Mike Wallace there just because I think he's going to be really go-to guy, and if he can hang on to the ball, which I think they're going to work with him a lot this week, as long as he can hang on to the ball, he'll be fine. And I, I actually will take Mike Wallace over Deshaun Jackson in that case. I think you're probably right there. I mean, Mike Wallace has proven this year he did the whole lockout gig and, you know, he missed training camps and all that. He hasn't missed a step. I mean, he's still super fast. He's still the tall wide receiver with really good hands. Um, he's in an offense that he knows, and he excels at, even with the Todd Haley changeup, I just think, you know, it's not, you know, it's not making a big impact there. But, um, you know... In most cases, you're starting Mike Wallace if you have him just for the sake of you probably don't have much better, but maybe there's a guy like Danny Amendola that you might consider taking a chance at. Yeah, for sure. Cool, cool. All right, so I think uh, where we should go, I think we should go real quick um, before we call this a a hangout, let you get back to enjoying uh, sleeping in Chicago and I'll Mm. get to bed (laughs) here soon. Yeah. is we should go to our uh, checks mix bold party mix prediction. Um, Let's do it. A quick recap: two weeks ago, uh, we had Josh Freeman against Oakland. I predicted less than twelve points. He had twenty-one, so he uh, definitely stuck it to me on that one. Uh, your prediction good. was Ryan Matthews twenty-five plus against Kansas City. He had eight points. Uh, Bad so week loss for you on that one. Huge loss for you on that one. Yeah, um, big time. You also had a sneaky just side prediction of the Giants 15-plus against the Steelers. They had 17, so actually a decent game even though they lost that game. Um, so a solid defense prediction there. Uh, I'm counting it all as a win for me. I'm counting that all as one win. Uh, That's how I do it. To get, you're the worst. You are absolutely I know. I, think, I know. Um, so I'm going to let you kick off on the bold party mix predictions this week, and let's see what you've, uh, what you've got. Yeah, let's, let's see what I can come up with. So I'm in Chicago. Right, uh, I'm liking it here. I think it's a great place. The Monday night game is going to feature two elite defenses, Chicago and San Francisco. I think that's going to be a really, f- well, I don't know if it'll be really fun or really painful, but it'll be a good game. It'll be a good game. If you like football, that's going to be a good one. Two elite defenses going. If Alex Smith plays, I think that'll be good. But I think we're going to see a game where we're going to see over 15 fantasy points from both defenses. I think Chicago, I mean, listen, saying Chicago scores over 15 is like saying any other defense scores over z- zero. That's like their baseline. Uh, it's a miracle if they score un- under 15. But I think we see two defensive performances. I'll say this, Chicago over 20, San Francisco over 15. We'll make it a little bit more competitive. Those defenses have been obviously really great. Chicago has been on a whole nother planet this year defensively. They're the game changer in our league, and I wouldn't be surprised 
in other people's leagues who's listening, if the guy who has Chicago isn't one of the top-ranked teams, uh, the competitive advantage that they give at that position over everybody else has been unreal. So I'm going a big – I'm going defensive. I'm in the north. I'm going Chicago. I'm going San Francisco. 20 points Chicago, 15 San Fran. Very – I think it's a uh, – you know, I think it's a good prediction. I don't know that it's quite uh, bold enough given those two defenses, given we may see uh, – Okay. You may see Colin Kaepernick versus Jason Campbell. So, you know, we'll have to see what plays out with all that. I haven't watched the uh, – So maybe I should say – so maybe I should say 30 for Chicago and 20 for San Fran because these guys, it could be it. a mess out there. Counting it. 30 yeah. and 20. Uh, all right, put it on that. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So I've made the prediction before that uh, <clears throat> that Jaquiz Rogers would have more fantasy points than Michael Turner – you have. And I was wrong on that. Uh, that particular <laughs> week, really close. So last week, uh, Michael Turner had 15 yards on 13 carries, uh, while Jaquiz Rogers had uh, three carries for 29 yards, also four catches for 33. I think this week is the week that we see Jaquiz Rogers blow up, and I'm going to make this prediction yet again. And he's playing right. against Arizona, who's actually a pretty good defense, against, especially against running backs. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers' top on the year has been 15.2. His uh, second best is ten and a half. I'm predicting over twenty-two fantasy points for Jaquiz. Whoa, more than twenty-two for him. Whoa. I think he's starting to get the bulk, and I think that's a really bold prediction. Um, a guy that I work with said that he thought for the longest time his name was Jacuzzi Rogers. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna say Jaquiz Rogers over twenty-two fantasy points this week. Um, it's really funny. So whether he starts or not on my team is questionable if Darren Sproles is back, but I think Jaquiz Rogers over uh-huh. 22 uh, fantasy points this week, and that's my bold prediction. And I think on that's that note, great. I'm going to go suck down some cough medicine to get rid of this froggy yeah. throat. Um, you're going to go suck down some more deep dish pizzas. Uh, Yum. Nom, nom, noms. Everybody, nom, sorry nom. for the two-week delay on this. Uh, hopefully you know, we can get back on a regular rhythm with AJ coming back from all these work trainings and whatnot. We'll make uh, it work. Getting back to normal. Next week is uh, Thanksgiving. I think uh, we'll have to decide what's going to go on with that. But we'll see what happens with Thanksgiving. We'll, uh, We're going to make it work. You'll either and see it post or you won't. That's that's all I'm going to say. It's you versus me this this week, man. You're going the second out. time this year, it's going to be a big matchup. We'll place a wager offline and we'll let you know what happens next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, have a wonderful evening, everyone. Thank you.